Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you We've been studying on kingdom principles of wealth creation. We are on the third study area. What steps must a Christian take to become rich? Last Sunday, I, I mentioned two important steps. The first step is understand your new status as a child of God, which we were able to thoroughly exhaust last week. The second step is exercise your faith to experience your new status. So last Sunday, I taught that if you give your life to Jesus, you become born again. You are now a child of God. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. I can't hear you well say, I am a child of God. Very important. One thing you cannot forget, one thing you cannot set aside in your experience as a Christian, if you want to be victorious, is this re continual reminder and remembrance that you are now God's child. And whose child you are determines a lot in our day and time on this earth. But the principle of God in life is that everything we experience is only possible by faith. It is one thing to be somebody. It's another thing to experience that somebody. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 to 3, it says, For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who had it. Verse 3. For we who have believed do enter the rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. So the Bible said, we are saved today because we believe in the gospel. And if you meet anybody who is not saved, who is not a child of God now, it is because they had the same gospel you had, but they did not believe it. And so even though they had it, they did not benefit from it. The gospel they had did not profit them. And so you see, every promise of God, every blessing of God is only accessible by faith. God can promise you anything. You know, we've heard in the Bible, God told Moses, tell all the Israelites, I have heard your pain, your cry. I have seen all the problem you are going through. I have come to deliver you from Egypt and to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Tell them I'm going to do that for them. But the Bible said that many people who left Egypt, even though they had a promise, and God told them that I am taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey, many of them did not enter the land. Many did not enter the land. And then you ask, is God a liar? Because he promised he would take them to the land flowing with milk and honey. Why is it that many did not enter the land? You know, the answer is simple. Unbelief. He said, I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. He said, although the works were finished, God finished the work. Anytime God makes a promise to someone, it is as good as done. The work is done. But every now and then, we see people whom God has made promises to, unable to experience the fullness of the promise. Why? Because it takes faith to translate a promise into reality. 
It takes faith to translate a blessing into reality. It takes faith to translate the spiritual into the physical. It takes faith to become all that God said you are. It takes only faith. In the book of Matthew 9, verse 29, we see the law of faith. Everybody say the law of faith. The law of faith says you are what you believe. You are what you believe. Matthew 9, verse 28 and 29. Verse 28. And when he had come into the house, Jesus came into the house. The blind man came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Yeah. Jesus was asking that you want a miracle, but do you believe? Do you have faith? Because it takes faith to receive the physical manifestation of every promise of God. They were entitled to the miracle. But Jesus wanted to make sure that the condition that is required for experiencing the miracle was there. It's they said, yes, Lord. Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. That means if there was one of the blind people who did not have faith, the rest would have been healed, but that blind person would not be healed. So the law of faith says you are what you believe. Thank you, and tell him you are what you believe. So God can make you one thing, but it takes faith to experience it. God blessed you the day you gave your life to Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly place. So the blessing of God is spiritual. To be blessed means to be empowered to prosper, to be empowered to succeed. It means there is a force at work in your life that no matter where you start from, your end will be great. That is what it means to be blessed. That is what it means to be blessed. But the blessing, he said, it is what? Spiritual blessing. And it is at where? In the heavenly places. Heaven is a spiritual place. It's a place of unlimited resources. It's a place beyond the physical. You have to access it by faith. And what does it mean to be blessed? Proverbs 10, 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes people rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. So if the Bible said that the born-again Christian is blessed, it also implies that the born-again Christian is rich. So if I am standing here today saying, I am born again, the Ephesians 1, 3 says, then I am blessed. And if I am blessed, it implies I am rich. That is the principle of God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes, for your sake. Somebody say, for my sake. Put your right hand on your chest boldly and say, for my sake. For your sake, what did Jesus do? He became poor. Why? That you, through his poverty, might become what? So if you say the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is at work in your life, this is the implication. The implication of the grace of the Lord Jesus is that he took your place to become poor. He took your poverty and he gave you his riches. He said that you, through his poverty, when he hung on the cross naked, and I want you to know, Jesus, when they hung him on the cross, he was naked. That is the highest level of poverty. They took everything from him, put a crown of tongues on his head, humiliated him, and he, he happily endured that experience, suffered so that 
you can be free from poverty. If any believer is poor, God must not be blamed. You are what you believe. You have to know what he did for you, and you have to believe it before you see it. You know, many times people ask me, they said, Pastor, you know, you said I'm rich. Where's the money? Even when we close, what to eat? I don't have it. You know, you don't have it because you don't believe it. Amen. One day Jesus said to a man called Thomas, one of the disciples, in John 20, verse 29, Jesus said to him, Blessed are those who haven't seen it, and yet they believe. He said, Blessed are those who haven't seen it. You know, they told Thomas, Jesus has risen. He said, I don't believe. I want to see it before I believe. So Jesus appeared one week later. He said, Thomas, I heard what you said. Now you come, put your hand into mine. Only Thomas put his hand into Jesus the nail holes. Only Thomas did that. The rest, John believed on Easter Sunday. When he entered the grave, saw the place empty, he turned and told Peter, the master has risen. Peter believed, same day. But the rest believed one week later when they saw him. But at least they didn't touch him. Then Jesus said to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed, you see, for you to experience the blessing, you have to move from seeing is believing. You have to move from there. That is the language of the world. Seeing is believing is the language of the world. The language of the kingdom, you believe, then you see. You believe it, and then you see it. You believe it, and you see it. So he has made you rich. How many rich people do we have in the house? I want to show you some pictures. You know, I like reading all manner of things. Some of those pictures. Can you give me a picture of uh, Warren Buffett? The man you see there is called Warren Buffett. This man is fifth richest man in the world now. Forgotten. Every day is changing. $96 billion. That's how rich he is. $96 billion. Give me a picture of Mark Zuckerberg. This is the fifth richest person in the world. He's just 36 years old. He is worth $97 billion. He's the fifth richest person. Warren Buffett is the sixth richest person in the world. You are going to be rich. <laughs> Give me the picture of Elon Musk. This man is the second richest person in the world. $151 billion. Give me the picture of Jeff Bezos. The richest man in the world now is this man. You may think he doesn't have any hair, but he's rich. You may not like his head, but he's worth $177 billion. $177 billion. Give me the picture of Larry Page. Larry Page is the owner of Google and um, I think YouTube, $91.5 billion. He's the seventh richest person in the world. Bill Gates. Now, listen, Pastor, why all this? Yes, I want to explain something to you. I'm believing God that somebody's life will change today. Yeah. Bill Gates is uh, $124 billion. Third richest person in the world. Mark Zuckerberg is the fourth. Warren Buffett is the sixth. Larry Pig, the seventh, on and on and on the list goes. I see your name get, get, getting on that list. Amen. Now, listen, why did I bring these pictures? I brought it because I wanted to tell you that if you met any of these people, you won't see any money. You won't see any cash. If you go to their homes, in fact, the most serious one is Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett uses one shoe at a time because he said he has only one leg. If he gets caught, he goes to buy another. They are simple people. They use simple cars. If you don't meet them, go into their pockets, go into their briefcase and see money. When you go into the house, you see money all over the place. No, but they are rich. How do they know they are rich? They have a lot of investments. They have invested their monies in places where they know the money is safe and the money keep producing more money. And they don't see the money, but they have documents to prove 
that they have their money. They have lawyers, they have investment analysts, they have finance experts, they have all the important people who make sure that their monies are safe. So every time they look at these documents, do you know what they do? They believe that the money is there. They what? They believe. They believe. If you met Jeff Bezos, he believes he is $197 billion rich. He doesn't see the money, but he sees the documents. And he believes. Anytime he need it, he need money, a million dollars, hundred million dollars to do something, he makes calls and money's move. Money moves. They don't carry the $100 million to his house. The money moves to where he wants it, and the thing gets done by a phone call. You know the problem with us? These guys believe the money is there. We don't believe we have the money. We don't believe. Even though we have a more sure document. You see, heaven and earth will pass away. But the word, do you know every investment can crash? All these guys have lost money all the time through investments. But we have a document that is surer, which we don't believe. A document that cannot fail. We have money that can never crash. But the problem with the Christian is believing I'm a child of God and by the details of scripture, I am rich. That simple act of belief, we don't have it. And that is what separates between us and these guys. He said, Pastor, how do you know we don't believe? Because your behavior shows it. Your behavior shows it. So I want to show you how do you exercise your faith to experience your new status. How many of you want to learn that? Yeah, faith operates at three levels. One, believe. How you think. How you think. Number two, how you talk. Number three, your actions. How your actions are. So the number one step, exercising your faith. Somebody say, exercise my faith. To become rich is possible for everybody here. Oh yeah, if it doesn't work, I'll tell you it doesn't work. To become rich is possible for everyone here. It's only a matter of time. You see, but this one... It takes process. Everybody say process. And it takes time. So believers don't like it. Believers want a magic. And God doesn't work magic. If you want to be blessed, want to be rich, one thing I want to tell you today, God doesn't work magic. If you are looking for magic, go to the devil. Overnight, you can become rich by performing some rituals. But I want to tell you, there is no magic that lasts. That is why all the people who became rich through ritual money, it's only a matter of time. They all died poor because that kind of thing does not last. If you want to be rich and your riches to outlive you to your children and your children's children, God's way is the best way. And to become rich God's way, you have to understand your new status as a child of God. Then you have to exercise your faith. The first step to exercising your faith is see yourself like a rich person from today. Think like a rich person. See yourself like a rich person. To, you know, I'm rich. Why? God's word says so. I believe it. You know, Swimming Wiggins' word said faith is simple. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. He makes faith very simple. He said, if God said it, I believe it. That settles it. I don't have any other argument. I believe I'm rich. Not because my father left me anything. I believe I'm rich. Not because... Anybody promise me anything? I don't have any special connections to any rich people. I believe I'm rich because God's word showed me who I am. That if the child of the British queen is rich, and my heavenly father is richer than the British queen, then I'm richer than everybody in that palace. You know, that's why I'll never meet anybody from that palace and the person can intimidate me. 
it starts with your mind. See yourself as a rich person. If you see yourself as a rich person, first thing, you will never envy anybody's riches. You never see any rich person. You never envy any rich person. Hello? You never see a rich person and admire the person. I wish, oh, I wish I was born in that family. Oh, I wish, I, you know, I wish I had money like that. She, this guy is rich. Hey, you know, I wish, you know, no. If you see yourself as a rich person, you don't define yourself by your present circumstances. If you see yourself as a rich person, you look at your second day, you say, no, this one is temporary. This is not what I'm, I truly am. What I see now is not me. What I see now is a temporary experience and circumstance. And that is why you have to be careful what decisions you make in that temporary situation. Because when you see your condition as permanent, the decisions you make is different from when you see it as temporary. So you are not poor. You are just temporarily broke. And there's nothing wrong with being temporarily broke. Every rich person has been broke before. But they know they are rich. You don't have cash cash in your pocket, but you have money out there somewhere. So why is it? I don't know. It's just there in the spirit realm. Yeah, with your name on it. Millions of dollars, billions with your name on it. It's just there. You know, you have to think it. Because as a man thinks, so is he. You can never become rich when you think poor. The poverty mindset rules your life. It means that money should not direct your relationships. You know, some people, the only people they want to be close to is rich people. Because they themselves have seen themselves poor. So they think the rich person is the savior, the messiah. So they are very selective. They smile to rich people. They frown at poor people. You know, they make friends with rich people. You know, every, every decision they make based on money. Because you think you are poor. That is why you are behaving like that. If a rich person offends him, oh, it's nothing. Oh, don't worry. Uh, don't forget about it. A poor person offends him, hey, hey. If money detects your relationships with people, it's because you have the poverty mindset. Poverty mindset. The, you know, the poverty mindset always make you think scarcity. Oh, it will finish. The money will finish right now. The money will finish right now. The money. No, why should it finish? It cannot get finished. You have too much in there with your name on it. What are you talking about? Think like a rich person. Number two, speak like a rich person. Speak like a rich person. How do rich people talk? Never call yourself poor again. You are not permitted in this church to do that. Do you hear me? Never call yourself poor. You know, you know, you know, we, those that are poor, you know, you have to, you know, you know, everyone, you know, people are happy, especially when they meet rich people. The way they talk, the way they talk. Don't call yourself poor. Amen. Never say, I don't have. I don't have money. I don't have money. Every day, I don't have money. And you are confessing something that will manifest in your life. You are confessing. You see, this, your tongue is so powerful. It can kill. And yet, you are playing with it. Sometimes, you meet people who even, who even have the money. They are still saying, I don't have. Because they think that when you say, I don't have, then you will gain pity from people to give to you. No. People don't give to you because they pity you. They give, they give to you because there's favor upon your life. Yeah, if talking poor is not to make people get money, then I will never get money. I never talk that I'm, I'm poor, that I'm suffering. Now, I never mention my financial problem in my preaching. You know, one of the things that annoy me most is when I hear a preacher preaching, and then he's talking about his problems. You know, there are some preachers, by the time they finish preaching, they have begged all over the place. They have begged as if God didn't call them. Oh, when God called me, I had nothing. I had nothing. But he told me, if you are faithful and you trust me, I will take care of you. That thing changed my mind. I never come to church praying, Lord, touch somebody to give me money. I have never prayed that prayer before. Do you know how I pray? I pray, Lord, use me to be a blessing to somebody's life today. Somebody's destiny depends on today's service. 
that this encounter I had from the word that changed me, somebody must encounter the same. I tell God every day, God, the problem they are bringing, my own strength can't do anything about it. So give me grace and help me out so I can help somebody. I'm too worried how people will leave church today than who is giving me money. Speak like a rich person. Never talk like a beggar. You know, I have people, once I meet them, I know they are going to beg. Oh, yes. You know, they don't say, oh, please give me, but they're talking. They're talking. I said, why is it that people don't like it when you didn't mention anything? When you didn't mention any issue? And then somebody came to you and said, God spoke to me to give you this. Why is it that people don't like that? I, I like that one too much. Yeah, when people meet you and say, God spoke to me to, give, to do this for you. That is real favor. Favor is not the one you love, beat, harass people, push people. You know, there's a lot of things I can do in this church to get money. I'm telling you, but I'll never do it because I want to have a testimony to everything I have. And by God's grace, God has been faithful. Faith works. The thing works. <laughs> Talk with confidence. Start calling yourself a rich person. Start calling yourself. Don't wait for somebody to call you rich. I used to be in a church where I owed members. Are you hearing me? I owed members. And yet I stand every Sunday and I said, I will never be poor. I will never be a beggar. I will never borrow. Have you seen that before? That the people I'm on, they are looking at me and I'm saying, I will never be in debt. I will never be in debt. You know, today is working. It is working. You have to you believe before you see it. If I was waiting to get out of debt before I start confessing, maybe by now I would have still been in debt. You have to confess it. You have to call yourself rich. Who else will call you rich if not yourself? Do you know what God told Abraham? He said, from today, don't call yourself Abraham. Abraham means father. That, he said, you are bigger than that. The man is calling himself father when he had no child. That one is a struggle. Now God said, graduate yourself, elevate yourself. From now, call yourself Abraham. Mean father of nations. Is it not crazy for you to call yourself father of nations when you have no child? But that's how faith works. That's why he's called the father of faith. And somebody's life is changing here today. There's nothing anybody have that one day you cannot have. Oh, yes. There's nothing anybody have. Never get to places and then suddenly you, you don't even know whether to breathe because the place is so powerful. There's so much money out of the place. Then you are confused. You don't know how to walk. You know, there are some places that when you don't have understanding, you can't even survive there. Because wealth can be powerful. But when you know who you are, it makes the difference. It makes the difference. You are what you believe. You are what you believe. And if you believe anything, it will show in how you talk. And how you talk is a product of how you think. Out of the abundance of the heart, a man speaks. Your thinking controls your talking, and your talking controls your actions. So the, the third one is behave like a rich person. <laughs> you know why Africa we will be poor till I don't know when? Because only African presidents beg in the whole world. We beg, and we call ourselves poor. And as long as you are calling somebody rich, and you are begging the person to help you, you will never be rich. That's it. And as long as you are here, your faith is that somebody should be rich and come and take care of you. You have sentenced yourself to poverty for life. And it is not a witch that you should blame. That's why I said it all the time. I said, if somebody says, oh, from now, if you need anything, come for help. It is not a breakthrough. That's why there are rich people in this church. But my faith is in God. My faith is in God. I will not do any crook tricks. 
to take money from rich people, like many prophets do. I can harass people in this church, and, and I'll have too much money. I can preach certain messages. When we finish, eh, you will bring me money, Master. You will bring me money. It is not godly. I can raise certain prayer topics. Let us pray right now that God will touch members to learn how to give to their pastor. Amen. You can't be proud of such a pastor, will you? <laughs> One day I met somebody and said, oh, that's for a pastor. Hey, money. Oh, when I was hearing, I said, wow, wow. I was learning my lessons. I was learning my lessons. He said, he will harass you. He will worry you, trouble you. He will do everything. Take the money. So that's how self members think. But you see, if you exercise faith, your reputation should be very important for you. There are people who think money is more important than reputation. So oh, however how means I'll get the money, I'll get it. But I tell you, that's the poverty mindset. That's the poverty mindset. Rich people, reputation comes first. Keep your dignity and be hungry for now. It's not everywhere you should eat. It's not everything you should eat. Amen. Keep your dignity and let some money go. It's not every money you should take. Because there are some money when you take it. Eh? Abraham said, Abimelech, Abimelech, whatever. Abraham said, I'll not take a shoelace from you. Because I'm in covenant with God. I've lifted my hand unto the glory. It means I'm in covenant with God. One day when I'm rich, I don't want you to come and say, I made him rich. Some of you, the things you are doing, you don't know you are selling your future. Because you don't want to endure a little for now. You don't want to exercise faith and manage the little you have for now. But if you are a rich person, number one, you dress well. Yeah. I'm not saying expensive dressing. Decent dressing. Dress decently everywhere you are. You don't know who you will meet. God said to Samuel, men look on the outward. Only God looks at the heart. I'm not God. I judge you by your dressing. And everybody else will judge you by your dressing. Dress decently. Number two, walk with confidence. Don't walk like you are apologizing. Enter a place and let your presence announce you. You know, appreciate yourself. This is me. Number three, never steal. It's getting serious. You see, stealing is an expression of lack of faith in whom you are. The people I just showed you, do you think any of them will want to go and steal money? Unless some of them are not thinking well. Do not steal. If you don't have it, you don't have it now. If you don't have it, you don't have it yet. Thou shalt not steal. God said that because he knows he can take care of you. He can take care of you. Stealing means taking that which belongs to somebody else. Don't do that. Wait for your own. Wait for your own. Don't defraud people. Oh, lend me thousand. I'll give it to you. Any of the man. You know that. That is fraud. There are many fraudulent Christians that sometimes this day, you know me, I don't borrow money to any church member. If I have, I give you. Go. 90% of the time, Christians borrow money from, they will not pay. That is fraudulent. If the person doesn't have it, it's different. You extort money from people. You know, sometimes somebody called you, pay my hospital bill. What you don't know is that five other people have paid the same bill. Because they use one problem and extort you. That is an expression of lack of faith. And don't call that kind of money breakthrough. It is not a breakthrough. It's getting quiet. Number four, do not beg. I've spoken about that one enough. Money you got by begging did not come from God. But if it didn't come from God, it will not last. Money that came from God, we wait for it. We believe God for it. And it comes. And when it comes, it has come. Do not beg for money. Little right hand and say, I will never beg. My children will never beg. You see, the only way your children will never beg is when you don't beg. Because your children learn what you do. Your children, they learn what you do. If there's no money, sit your children and tell them, you know, when my first daughter was very young, too, she told me she wanted to go to a school. I took her there. We got the prospectus and all those things. We went home. 
I look at the fees. I told my daughter, you can't go this year. My daughter was, I think, five years then. I don't know whether she will even remember. I told her, you can't go this year. I don't believe in sending my children to schools. I need to go and borrow money to pay the fees. No. Send your children to schools you can pay now. It's a matter of time. I told my daughter, you can't go this year. But I promise that next year, I'll save and I'll let you go. The following year, I had enough money. I make her go. Even my children have been to schools belonging to church members. I pay the fees. You understand? They, they were back, oh, pastor, don't pay. No, I said I'll pay. If you want to waive them a discount or something, yes. If I come to a church member's shop, I said, I want this shirt. They say, pastor, don't pay. Take it away. I'll never come to that shop to buy again. But some of you, that's when you even go more. You say, oh, you should take it there. Okay, next week, maybe. I mean, always looking for free things is an indirect way of begging. You know, my philosophy is if you want to give me something, don't wait for me to come to your shop. I have many members who are filling stations. Sometimes they call me, Pastor, come and fill your tank. I drive there, and I fill. Other days, when I need fuel, I drive there, I buy. I don't say, hey, where's your boss? Go and call him, tell him his pastor is here. That is poverty. Poverty, man. Some people, when they know you are something small, oh, you are finished. They will exploit you. Oh, yeah, they will exploit you. And we are church members, so Christian brothers. I brought my child to her school. She want me to pay. So how do you want the person to run her business? If all of us... We buy from the same shop, we don't pay. Won't we collapse that business? We collapse. That's common so below one bottle. I bought one bottle. They can't even dash me one on top. That is a beggar's language. A beggar's language. Lift the right hand one more time and say, from today I'll never beg. <laughs> Number five, give generously. Anytime God said you should give, do you know why he asked you to give? Because only rich people give. Poor people don't. So you come to his house poor, he said give. He's teaching you how to exercise your faith. Giving is an act of faith. It is not an extortion of church members' money. Oh, oh, you know, all the poor, poor people, they are taking money from the poor people. Why didn't Jesus tell that poor widow, take your coin back? We heard it in the exhortation today. Jesus said, this poor widow gave her last, and yet Jesus didn't say, take it back. Because giving is an expression of your faith. I am rich, so I give. I am rich, so I give. That's why Paul said, Jesus taught the disciples that Acts 20 35 is it is more blessed to give than to receive. Rich people are looking for the opportunity to give all the time. They're not like, oh, who, who, who will give me money next? No, give generously. Anytime you have a privilege to give, be happy for it. Whether it's to the poor, to the needy, to your children, to your spouse, to God, to your pastor. He said it is more blessed to give because giving is an expression of faith. It's an expression of your faith. That is why giving is in the Bible. God put it there to teach you how to exercise your faith, to become rich. All these people I, I just mentioned, go and check how much money they put into philanthropy. Go and check. Warren Buffett has signed on the day of his death, 95% of his wealth is going into charity. Bill Gates, the same. 95% of all his wealth is going to charity. Um, this guy has signed to the same pledge. They call it charity pledge. Mark Zuckerberg, same. Look. Some of these guys give more than Christians. And it's high time Christians begin to say, I'm going to be so wealthy. At the time of my death, I'm going to wield 20% or 50% of my assets to my church. That's how the Adventists became rich. They willed their wealth to the church. But today's Christians, the devil tells them, the church is the last place you should put your money. Put it into politics. Put it to girlfriends. Put it to other things. And yet when you have every problem, you run to the church. Every problem you have, you run to the church. It's only when you have problem that the church is important. Good. Give generously. Say, from today I'm a giver. So how do you exercise your faith? 
Think like a rich person. See yourself, I'm rich. Talk like a rich person. Then let your behavior display that of a rich person. Faith works. I said faith works. Anytime you start exercising your faith this way, it's only a matter of time. You start seeing change gradually, day by day, step by step. Change is taking place. Change is taking place. May that be your story. May that be your testimony. In the name of Jesus. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.